you are in the perfect place at the divine time to be touched by a horse. Here's your hosts, Melissa Pierce and Dane Cheek. Well, hey, y'all. This is Melissa. This is Dane. How are you? And we're glad to be back with you today. Doing these podcasts has added another dimension, hasn't it? Well, especially after three weeks of continual training that you've been doing. Absolutely. Been doing my advanced Gestalt program here and had... 10 to 12 students from Sunday to Friday, then 10 to 12 different ones from Sunday to Friday, and then 12 different ones from Sunday to Friday. I've got one more week of that, and then I have a nice break. So yeah, it's been a lot. I'm a little tired today. Yeah, you're doing, you're doing good. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, trying to think of topics that would be fun to discuss, I was thinking maybe we should look at some of the traveling that I've done to seeing different barns and ranches and all of that around the nation and around Canada. What do you say? Yeah. And then I guess different types of traveling. Right. Exactly. That's what I was, that's where I was headed. So for over 20 years, I've done traveling to speak at Equine Affair or Rocky Mountain Expo or out in North Carolina to the equine extravaganza, just a lot of different horse expos, as well as wherever I've been training or doing retreats. So I've done retreats in Arizona and Georgia and Montana, probably my favorite place up in Montana, you know, just different ones. And I normally would fly if it was more than an eight hour drive, because I would rather drive and take all my stuff with me. But that was rare because I was kind of all over the place. And when you came into my life, then it was even harder because I was packing up. I felt like all the time I was packing up to fly somewhere. I would fly in a day early. So I'd go in, say, on a Wednesday and not get home till Monday. And I missed you and I missed my dogs and I missed my horses. I think I missed you as much as I missed my dogs. And I missed you as well. Okay, good. So I had to make sure I said that in the right order, though. Not that I missed my dogs and I missed you, because you get sensitive about that. Right. <laughs> Wouldn't we all? So it also was hard. And you watched me when I would do the expos. I always set up a booth and we sold products and stuff. Right. But when I was going somewhere that you couldn't go with me, then I was shipping all the things. And it was expensive. And I'd get these big, heavy boxes to set the expo booths up and, and staying in hotels by myself or with uh, an employee in one room and me in another. And so it really wasn't the most ideal thing. But I was thinking last night about how we got a motorhome, (laughs) our first motorhome. Do you remember like what happened that led me to say we're getting a motorhome? I think it was on uh, a trip to Washington. No, it was a trip to Virginia. To Maryland, actually, to Joyce's place. Oh, okay. To Maryland, yeah. So started a program a number of years ago, uh, gosh, about eight years ago now, called Equine Studies 101, and worked it with Joyce Kaufer. And Joyce is a graduate of my Equine Gestalt program, an excellent coach. She also is a trained John Lyons, Josh Lyons uh, certified trainer. And my background's with John Lyons as well. So we got together and said, seems to me there are some people in the herd, much less the world, who didn't have the advantages that both Joyce and I had of working with world-class trainers to learn about horses. And maybe we could put our heads together and come up with a program, which we did. We came up with a great program. And one of the camps was out here at our farm for a week. 
and the other camp was at her place in Maryland. So the students could see two very different facilities run differently. Horses ate different food. There were different breeds of horses, like all of that. It was really fun to do. And that year I went back there and heard there was a big storm coming into Denver and decided to fly home earlier in the day than what my flight was. And as we got up in the air, the pilot said, because of the storm in Denver, we're going to be landing in Houston. So we landed in Houston. They did not give us our luggage. And I, I was there five and a half days. Thank God. I thought quickly on my feet and got a hotel room but at the airport. But five and a half days before we could get a flight out. I remember that. Yeah. With, with no clothes. Right. Well, right. The same well, had, clothes. Yeah. <laughs> my clothes on, but I didn't have my luggage. So I didn't have things like a toothbrush or underwear or all kinds of things. And because there were thousands of people stuck in the Houston airport, everything sold out quickly. And then because the rain just kept coming and the flooding kept happening in Houston and we had tried to rent a car, we were going to drive through Phoenix to Denver. I mean, we tried everything. And because the employees couldn't get to the stores in the airport, so the Starbucks was closed and the place where you could have bought a toothbrush closed. It was nasty. It was a rough five days. Certainly not as rough as some of the people we saw in the airport. I had an employee with me at the time. Like there was a, several women there with little babies that needed diapers. I mean, there were people in a lot worse straits than my grumpy butt, but I was grumpy about it. Five and a half days that I didn't have to do that. And so I got on my iPad and I started looking for motorhomes. And I came home and told you, I think we ought to be traveling together. We could take the dogs. And we actually were on a trip, I think, to Montana for one of my trainings. And you went with me. Well, I, I was, did. Yes. Well, yes, I was yeah. training. I, what were you doing in Montana when I was training? Just oh, exploring? I was driving around, sightseeing, maybe going to a brewery once in a while. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Probably. It was up by Phillipsburg, Montana. Right. What a cool little town. Great big old candy store and a wonderful old, old, old brewery pub. That was so much fun. So yeah, I'm sure you kept yourself occupied anyways while I was training. But on the way home from that, and this is how I remember it. On the way home from that, we got to probably Fort Collins, Colorado. And I said, you know, as long as we're driving by, we've got another three hours to get home. We had to stop at some of the RV dealers and just look and see what's there. Yeah, so we stopped in, what was it, Johnson's Corner? I think Johnson's Corner, yeah. yeah. And then there was a, a Lazy Days RV yeah, center yeah. there. Yeah. So we were just going to look. I'm not a just looker personality when I've made a decision. So I'd already looked online, kind of had some ideas. And we started with the cab over type where it's a van with a cab over. What is that? A class what? Class C or C, something? Yeah. Class C. But I also was looking at a tent. They were not going to stay in a tent. Oh, my God. He might have been looking at a tent. I didn't know that. But we looked at this Class C, and then we looked at a Class A. And as soon as we went, that's the ones that are like a bus. As soon as we walked up into a Class A, sat in those comfy seats, turned around behind us, could see that we could actually go to the bathroom, you know, if you're not the driver, but the passenger could use the restroom, that you could make a sandwich. We thought this is really a cool way to go. And so now our personalities are very different. You heard of that in the Equisology episode nine. So what would have happened if it went your way? 
Well, I would have investigated, uh, checked out the different types, the brands, the length. Different dealers. Everything. And I would have shopped and shopped and shopped and shopped. So this is 2022. Would we have bought one by now? I'm not sure if I would have picked out the right one yet or not. (laughs) This was back in like 2013 or 14. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. So for me, I looked at all the brands. We walked it. We looked at a lot of motorhomes that day and we walked in all of them. We opened them. We tried everything. And I walked in one and I said, this has nicer cabinetry, nicer upholstery. You know, we checked it all out, looked at the ratings of the brand and all that. And I made a deal with the guy and we drove it home that day. I drove it home. Actually, Dane followed in the pickup truck. That was that was scary. got home. I've hauled a lot of trucks and horse trailers, but those big buses are really different. So we got it home somehow. And the training lesson that we had on the damn thing of, of here, you do this for that and this for that. And it was so confusing. Yeah. It was about a four hour training. Oh and then after about 20, 15 minutes, you decided it, <laughs> <laughs> it was boring <laughs> and you probably were going to get all because it was how to empty the pooper and stuff. I didn't really want to know how to put water in it. I don't want to know. I don't want to know those things. So then we get home and we're going to park it for the first time. And the one part I understood was, and I still don't have it straight. Either you were supposed to put the legs down and level it and then turn it off. Or you're supposed to turn it off and then put, I don't know. I don't know. Both the motorhomes we've had did it opposite, which didn't help me either. So we got home and we're so cranky and sideways with each other on our driveway, on our ranch, nobody around, you know, just snipping and snapping at each other like a couple of mangled dogs, but we were exhausted and we had this motor home. <laughs> so that's how we both ate the damn thing, right? But it was fun. It was fun. And then we went a lot of fun places in it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And this was a gas-driven motorhome, not a diesel. And so now when we went to Equine Affair in Ohio, I think was one of our first trips, we were able to put all of our booth equipment underneath in the storage. We were able to, you know, take clothes and feel like we had clothes we wore during the expo, but we had our travel clothes, our easy clothes and stuff, had our TV, had... Everything, you know, everything there, it was so nice for the kind of traveling yeah. we were and doing. Our, and our pets. And our dogs. Yeah. yeah. We loaded up a Shih Tzu and a Bernice Mountain Dog. So we had 125 pounds of dog with 115 of that in the in the burner and 10 in the Shih Tzu. And, and snacks that we wanted. And I, it was just a really, I had my computer. I could work while he was driving, going down the road, returning emails and stuff. So it was fun. And for me, because I'd flown all over the United States and a lot of Canada, I really hadn't driven it and seen how beautiful America is. Yeah, it was was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, really a lot of fun. And there, there were just a lot of kind of crazy things that happened. But gosh, we went all the way to Massachusetts Equine affair. Yeah, yep, I remember yep. we hit that at the wrong time of year, though. It that it was in affair, November. I yeah, think. that yeah. equine affair is in November, so we're from Colorado to Massachusetts a long way. So we were all the way back there. And what I remember is I started looking for any RV park that was still open that time of year. Well, I remember you had a training in Virginia first. Oh, that's right. So we actually went south first. Well, and went to the just Virginia east, east, <laughs> east from Colorado. Okay, I'm geographically challenged. East, but I think of Virginia as the South. Is it the South? Maybe it's not. Maybe half of it is and half of it isn't. Anyway, (laughs) 
Amy, South, what South Virginia and North Virginia. <laughs> there isn't that, right? No. So they're North Carolina, South Carolina, but not Virginia. It should be, though. Anyway, we went to our good friend, Carolyn Fitzpatrick's, her, her beautiful farm she had then called Bellamy Farms. And we could park right on her property, which was super nice. And they even, over the years, put in the right kind of plug we needed. So that oh, we yeah. could park yeah, there, yeah, which yeah. was, they were just so much fun to go back there and, and visit them and see them and stay right on site. I know I got a lot more rest staying right on site when I was done training or whatever. We went to a lot of different places. That was That was a beautiful trip. And then we were headed north. I did an animal communication for Heather Kirby, one of my grads, and the place she was at. I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of it, but we did this animal communication night where all these people came to see me, which was fun. Right. During that, we were staying in Washington, D.C., oh, right, that's on, right. right outside the Beltway. Oh, yeah, that's right. Didn't we rent a car so we could actually yep. go see yep. things? Yeah. So we. So, so you're not picturing this if you've been to Washington, D.C. We're not the rednecks driving the motorhome around in front of the White House. So we parked and we actually rented a car and went into Washington, D.C. to see. We didn't have enough time to go in the Smithsonian or any of that, but we saw it. And for me, I hadn't done that. So it was really fun to see how beautiful D.C. is. And it was in the fall and it was it was really gorgeous, really yeah. beautiful for there. Then we got back to the campground that we were staying at in Washington, D.C. And wasn't that one of our first major malfunctions on the RV? Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> So I remember we had a time schedule. I had to be somewhere to speak like at, right. at a certain Something, time yeah. that day because I remember the time pressure. So this RV had pop-outs on the side. So the family room popped out and the back bedroom popped out, right? So two right, pop-outs. Right, right, right. And we were getting pretty good at it by then. We popped it in and out several times, had a few trips under our We belt. were good until we weren't good. <laughs> so we go to pop it in. And it won't pop in. Right. Yeah. So that's when we found out that the warranty would, had never was not labeled. Right. Yeah. Well, it it had never been initiated, but from the dealership. Right. We paid for it, but it wasn't initiated. So now we're under a time crunch. We're stuck in an RV park with the sides popped out. You can't drive them with the sides popped out. They're too wide. And I think you went to the owner's shack you know that you check yeah, in at, at like the, the, camp the lobby yeah. the campsite and told him and he he had about as much compassion as a rock you yeah know, yeah, too yeah. Bad, you know and then we tried we tried everything everything we yeah. tried turning the rig on turning the rig off we tried everything that we could think of we looked at the manuals we called the warranty people to find out we didn't have the warranty connected right tried the dealer i think we tried everything right i'm near tears you're frustrated i'm thinking i'm gonna have to cancel my event and then i think in frustration you took the keys out of the ignition walked outside still checked some other things to figure it out and i said let's try it one more time put the keys in and it popped in just fine so we learned you take the keys out, it reboots the computer. Wasn't that the thing? It rebooted the computer. It, so when you hey, plug them back in, it at was least good that to go. Was, at least that's what we thought. That was yeah. my theory. <laughs> I made I skidded into my speaking thing like 10 minutes before I was supposed to go. It was a little stressful. Just a little stressful. And um, I guess that was the trip we went on up into Massachusetts. Right. Yeah. So now it's uh, all the camps are closed and we're calling around. We had 
we had always been able to find a place to stay at night. It isn't like you make reservations way in advance well, at the hotel. They had turned the water off at the campsites That's because it was. was so cold. Yeah, because they had a cold snap. But I do remember that I said that I did not want to drive the RV through New York City. Was that the same trip that we went That was the same <laughs> same trip. <laughs> All right. So I confess I have a lot of talents. Geography is not one. And reading a map, definitely not. And we had GPS, but the GPS that we had on our phones was set for cars. We didn't know that there was a setting for motorhomes. So we're heading on the correct highway to bypass actual downtown Manhattan or anything. We were going to bypass that. We thought we were doing really well. And we were going to head up this other highway to get over to Massachusetts. So we're feeling pretty confident. But somehow or another, we ended up going over the George Washington Bridge. (laughs) That cost us $42 one way. Yeah, it was like $7 for a car and 40 something for a motorhome. And it was bumper to bumper. And we, (laughs) we we get through... We get over the bridge and a quarter mile after the bridge, I had to like get over like five lanes to oh, turn yeah. right. That was hairy. Yeah. And I do remember that at times you said to me, you ought to put the name of our business on the side of the motorhome. That's the trip that I would always go, no, 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 no. It's <laughs> better to be unknowns for sure. Touched by a Horse offers three comprehensive programs giving you the ability to have the career you've always dreamed about, working in partnership with the magic of horses. Our equine facilitator program provides you with the skills to build a thriving business hosting group experiences with horses. Our equine gestaltist program prepares you to open your own private gestalt practice in partnership with horses. And our master equine gestaltist program builds your gestalt skills both in and outside the round pen. All of our programs include in-depth live classes, business growth training, and a supportive community of herd members to collaborate with and learn from. Visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com to learn more about which program is right for you and your healing herd. So we're going along Manhattan's on the right side of the motorhome. All the freeways are converging together. It's a nightmare. It's traffic city. It's crazy. We have no business being there in a motorhome. And because it was so late in the season, we didn't really think anything of the fact that there weren't any semis or other motorhomes around. We figured other more experienced motorhome people knew not to be back east in November. So we didn't really think much about it. And I remember we were going along and now we're on an older freeway. Right. And we're going along. We're heading, I'm going to say we're heading north, right? On an Close older enough. freeway. Close, Close enough, enough for me. Okay. And, and then this guy starts trying to flag us over. He's driving his car and he's trying to flag us over. And so the, the conversation went, Dane went, well, I'm going to pull over. And I'm like, we're in New York. You can't just pull over. We don't know how crazy that guy is. You know, maybe he's going to steal our motorhome. We don't know. So what? He drove in front of us, alongside uh, yeah, us. Yeah, alongside us. Every way and then could. finally I said, okay, I'm pulling over. I'm maybe, f- maybe we're dragging a dead body behind us or something. <laughs> So he said, I'm going to take the off-ramp because the guy was pointing above his car, you know, go, go, get off this off-ramp. So we took the off-ramp. We didn't know what this dude wanted. He walked up. Was he just the nicest oh, human being? He was, yeah. <laughs> He's on the A passenger. Savior. He's on the passenger side. I open my little window and I go, hello. <laughs> he says, he says, okay, I'm so glad you finally took the off-ramp. I'm like, well, why? And he said, a half mile up. 
you're not supposed to be on this freeway. None of the overpasses are tall enough for any kind of big rig at all, whether it's a bus or anything. That thing's going to say six foot, you know, six foot nine or whatever and, and under can go under this overpass. We came so close and then we would have stopped before the overpass, but we would have had to back up on a New York freeway to get to the ramp. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Oh my gosh, that guy saved our life. And then he told us, okay, go here, go here. And he gave us some pretty good directions. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we should go. Yeah, we thought he was a gangster, but turned yeah, out to be like really the coolest nice dude guy. ever. Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast, we still thank you, dude. It was amazing. So basically, our audience is learning that we're lucky to be alive. True. <laughs> we're not the brightest when it comes to math. So, so then we made our way up to Massachusetts. Yeah, to a fabulous equine affair. It was so much fun. And like I said, we've done them in Wisconsin and Ohio and Florida and, you know, kind of all over the nation. But that Massachusetts Equine Affair, if you get a chance to go to that, it's quite the event. And the people were so friendly oh, and yeah. so nice and so appreciative. They were great. We had, a, we had a great time. We were glad we got there. And we were there four days staying in our motorhome. It was um, cold on the outside, but it was all good and, and really, really had a fun time. So, gosh, we took that first motorhome we had to Canada, kind of all over yeah. the place. A, co and a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. It rocked a lot left to right to left to right. So for me as a passenger, it was pretty good, but it was pretty loud because the engine was what in the front? Yeah. The engine was in the front. So yeah. I would have to turn the radio up really loud and <laughs> you would be yelling at me all the time. <laughs> turn it down. Turn it down. <laughs> I can't think. So... You know, it just became where we thought, all right, if we're going to do this motorhome life, maybe we want to check out a diesel motorhome. So kind of a repeat of situations. We drove to a dealership that I had bought horse trailers through and drove in there and said, we're interested in looking for a diesel. And we traded that day, traded our gas yeah, for a diesel. I, that might have been one of the problems. It was the horse trailer dealership for an RV. Oh, they sell RVs too. They're fantastic. I get it. <laughs> They're fantastic, <laughs> fantastic upscale place, and and they did a great job. So we buy this beautiful diesel of a different brand, and took our time. Took a whole day shopping for that. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and took our time instead of a couple hours. Right, exactly. And then I remember the training lesson wasn't so bad either because we understood a lot of the basics. Now we just needed to learn the diesel part. Right, you know, right, like right. How, how the diesel stuff. And this one heaven help us, popped out on both sides. It got really big. So the family room popped out way to the left and way to the right. And so did the bedroom. A lot of room. It was beautiful. Oh, yeah. It was, it was great. really, really nice and, and beautiful. And we went to Canada in that one and went kind of all over. One of the trips I remember, and I don't remember which motorhome, it doesn't matter, but one of them that I remember going across the country I really wanted to go down into parts of the country that I hadn't seen or hadn't had time in. So I did my research ahead of time. And I remember we went and stayed for four days at the Kentucky Horse Park. Yeah, that, and, that was really good. Boy, that was yeah. nice. If y'all are listening and you're not familiar with the Kentucky Horse Park, it's truly a wonderful place to go and spend a few days. 
They have museums on horses and all kinds of educational things. The big Rolex tournament happens there and just a lot of different things are happening there. And we were at a time of year that the park was at sort of low census, low activities, and it was fabulous. It was really, really fun to camp there and stay there and see everything that was there. They have all the statues to the famous racehorses and it's beautiful. And the incredible horse farms that are all through that part of Kentucky with Lexington and stuff are the dreams that little girls, I think, have that grow up in the West like I did of the green grass and the dark fences and the yearlings running around. Yeah, so it, it, is. Was, it was a lot gorgeous. of fun. It was a lot gorgeous. Of fun. And I think, I don't remember, we went into Tennessee. Well, that, that, I think we did that on the way home. Okay. After yeah. my gig, we were right. on the way home. Yeah. So we went through Tennessee. And again, a part of the country I've always wanted to go through, but it's different. You fly into Nashville, you go to a hotel, you stay there. You haven't really seen Tennessee. In a motorhome, you're really driving through the beauty of each of these states. And Every single state has its beautiful places, you know, around the country. And but, Tennessee sure was one. Right. Of them. Yeah. I remember after leaving Kentucky, before we got to your gig, that's when the door kept popping open oh. on the RV. <laughs> so, you have a good memory. So on the first rig, the passenger door that you got into the rig and out of the rig, it was behind the passenger seat. But in a diesel, it's in front. So the passenger's legs are right next to the door. It opens like a bus, you know, on the front. And so our little Shih Tzu would lay it on her little bed down at the at my feet a lot of times if she got tired of the big boy drooling on her. And so she, she was down there and she was looking out this little window that they have for the driver safety so driver can look through this tiny little window at the foot of the door to make sure nobody's over there when they open the door and so we're flying down the freeway and probably going 65 or so miles an hour and all of a sudden this door unlatches on its own and starts to fly open and I reflexively just grabbed it now I'm holding onto a door while we're going 65 miles an hour that's pulling against me it's not pushing back it's wanting to open and I'm going help yeah so then I pull over and we get it closed and I'm saying well make sure you lock the door yeah that was just a freaky thing you know no problem and I didn't let the dog stay down there anymore because if that door had flown all the way open not only would it have ripped off the rig and maybe gone through through the windshield, but also the dog would have blown out onto the freeway, no doubt. So she stayed in the back. We didn't let her curl up at my feet anymore. And um, we're going down the road, just talking about that was just the weirdest thing. We get going again about an hour, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden it does it again. So now we're like, oh, oh, there's something wrong with the door. Yeah. We're halfway across the country. Well, then it did it like the third time. I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. 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 Did it a third time. So then you rednecked it. You took a rope. Yeah. And you I tied a rope it. from the inside and then <laughs> tied it to the chair. Yeah. Right. So, what? So the door would fly open. It would right. throw, throw me out on the freeway, too. So we're laughing because now we have this very expensive motorhome with a rope tied around the door handle. So if it starts to fly open, it's tied well, to the well, seat. I mean, unbelievable. But then I think it 
cracked itself open even with the rope on it. It did. So it then did. I was the like, rope caught it. I like just slammed it so hard we, trying to get it. We stopped yeah. at a stopped at a truck stop, and you tried to fiddle with the lock a little bit and figure it out and see what it was, and he can fix anything. It's one of the reasons I married the guy. It's nice to have a ranch. I'm a guy that can fix anything. He monkeys with it and he looks at it and he goes, maybe we're just not, because it's brand new to us, first trip out, maybe we're just not closing it hard enough. So he gives it a man's hard slam. Bam! Well, we took off and it didn't fly open again. We did pretty well. Yeah. So we drive another five, six hours. To the campsite. To the campsite, right? We pull into the campsite, we get all situated, and now our dogs, of course, are like, thank goodness they're stopping, I need to use the restroom, I can't wait to get out of the rig, right? And Dane's going to get out of the rig to hook us up and get everything done, and I'm going to get out so I can pay the bill. So we go to open the door, that's the only door, by the way, in and out of the rigs, not like a house, it won't open. I mean, it won't open. So I backed up and said, here, you try it. So he puts all his male strength into it. Thing is not opening. I mean, it is now we're locked inside the motorhome yeah, with so, two dogs. Right. So then I remember driving around the campground <laughs> trying to signal, signal down somebody to open the door or maybe take the keys through the window and open the door so we're from, waving, the, from the exterior. Right, we're waving at people and they're waving back. And we're like, no, 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 come here, come here, come here. We're motioning for them to but come But then over. they were, they thought we were creepers, right. so they wouldn't come over. <laughs> Why are those people calling us over their motorhome? Finally, he about runs this one guy down. He goes, stop, just stop. I need to talk to you. And the guy goes, what? And he goes, okay, I know this is going to sound crazy. We are locked inside this motorhome. We want to see if somebody could try from the outside of the rig to open the door. I think the first guy said, I'm not having anything to do with you. And the second guy said, okay, I'll try it. So didn't you give me the keys to see if you could unlock yep, it from yep, the yep, outside? Yep. So now somebody has the keys to our motorhome, which probably wasn't real smart. But, but, but then he, could, he couldn't get in. So <laughs> then we asked him to go get our designated camp area so we could actually pull into where we were going to camp. At least where we were going to sleep, but we still had two dogs that really yeah. wanted to go outside. So I I said, well, I'll call a locksmith, right? That's what you do when you're locked out of a motorhome. So it's probably what you could do when you're locked in. And we're in a pretty small town area, a beautiful part of the country, but kind of a country part of the country. So I start calling. Well, we don't go to that area. We don't go to that area. Finally, I get this guy. And he says, so exactly what's wrong? I said, well, we're in an RV. And I told him the brand. And I said, we're locked in. He goes, oh, you're locked out of your RV. No, we're not locked out of our RV. We're locked in our RV. He goes, what? So we explained the whole thing to him. He comes out. Now, by then, Dane said, I'm going to take one of the safety windows. Actually, no, there, you went I, out the driver's side Because window, Because you? one of the guys that was camping next to us had a ladder oh, and put it on part. the side of the RV. I forgot that part. So he's crawling out the window. Now the dogs are looking at him like, we'll go out the window. We and, and then I pulled <laughs> a picnic table up. To the escape oh hatch window, and then I had to pull the, get the dogs out right, because so they had to use in, the bathroom. Break into our brand new motorhome, and then talk our dogs, which the little one jumped into his arms. She was no problem, but the big one was like, "I want to go out the door." Well, you can't go out the door. You're going to have to jump out this window onto a picnic table and then you'll be out. And Bernie's Mountain Dogs are often afraid of heights. They're not, they, they stay low to the ground. And so he's like, didn't want to have any part of it. So we're half lifting him and half helping him out onto this picnic table. And, and so then I'm inside going, well, 
I guess we'll wait for this guy. And then he finally got in. And, yeah. And well, the locksmith guy had to right crawl away. through yeah, he the, window. the window. Too. Yeah. yeah. And he got us out. So, yeah, that was another adventure of motorhoming for sure. We're not anti-motorhoming, but I'll tell you what. You got to plan some extra time in your travels when you're in these things for sure. Canada was fun. We took the dogs up to Canada. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. All through Montana, seeing friends of ours and graduates of our program everywhere and going through through some of the most beautiful country in Canada and Montana. Every year that we went up to Canada, we would park the RV at this golf course that was around oh, the yeah. RV park. Oh yeah, yeah. that was fun. That, that was fun. That was yeah. fun. It was all RVs and people that love to play golf and that was in Canada. Yep, yeah, yep. close to where we were going. People were so nice and it was a little spooky because the golf balls were flying by your windshield sometimes, but it was really, <laughs> it was really Especially spooky. if I'm playing. Especially if you're playing. But it was really fun. That was really fun. I was, I was thinking you were going to say about what it was like to be crossing the Canadian border. And we had in Colorado, they had made uh, marijuana legal the year before we got the motorhome. And here we have these Colorado license plates and we're thinking, you know, I bet these Canadian officials are not really big fans of Colorado license plates. They're probably concerned, you know, we had not, no contraband, nothing except our dogs on board. We had all the paperwork for the dogs and everything. And so the, the first time we went across, the guy came and you get flagged over to an area if you're a motorhome separate from automobiles. So we're flagged over. So he comes and we open the door and he walks up into the motorhome and sees our Bernese Mountain Dog just wagging his tail. And we got on the topic of dog for about 20 minutes. He was the nicest guy and he asked us where we were going and checked everything and we, we got on through. And so our dogs have been all over. And we, we love going there. We have some really good friends and graduates. And uh, Amy Manya, her husband Brett, is a professional rodeo clown. And they're just the sweetest couple, two beautiful children. And Angie Payne, one of our grads that Angie and Craig, and Angie is a phenomenal Gestalt graduate of ours. And they have a very strong practice there on the Manya's facility and that's near Carstairs, right? Right, in right. Alberta, in, be in between Carstairs and Carefree, right? Right. So if you're Canadian, boy, I would tell you I've got a lot of incredible grads all over Canada and that's where we would go to park was on that for my training. But we've got a lot of great Canadian graduates that we can refer you to as well for your work. Yeah, I remember we used to bring the motorized scooters with us as oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then while you were training, I'd go into car stairs and just sort of check things out. I actually went on a couple of, uh, couple of little trips with Brett when we were vaccinating some cows and oh yeah that's right they were vaccinating cows and you don't know anything about cows so you went out to help them do right that. right <laughs> you learned a lot that day oh yeah what'd you learn about cows i learned that you don't want them right <laughs> they're good for other people right <laughs> they are you really have to know what you're doing you can't you can't like just jump out and do stuff. So they had fun and they appreciated whatever help I'm sure that you were that day. And so, yeah, we kept the scooters on the back and then gosh, sometimes we'd even keep what I call the cube on the back. So it's a, what's that? It's for in gestalt, uh, in my methodology, it's an anger release cube. So 
It's 36 inches by 32 by 32. It's heavy naga hide and stuffed with high intensity foam. And I use it when I have people that have anger they need to release because they've been sexually assaulted or, you know, a thousand different reasons. So you just use it in your training? In the training and working with clients. And so I took it, I wanted to take it with me. So he strapped it on the back. Oh my gosh, people were curious about right, what that right. thing well, was. We, we couldn't take the scooters if we right. had the cube yeah. thing on the back. Yeah, it was one it or the huge. other. Yeah. One or yeah. the other that could go. But I, I loved people's curiosity and wondering, you know, what we did. Another trip that we did, we'll just do one or two more, but another trip we did was our good friend, Linda Bruce, who has a phenomenally beautiful farm called Soulful Prairies in Woodstock, Illinois. Another very talented grad. And she's nice enough to host us for cores there, my trainings there occasionally. So we had gone, I had flown in there and stayed at her place, which is just incredibly wonderful as an experience. I always tell Linda, it's like stepping inside Pinterest. You know, it's it's just amazing the stuff she's done with her farm. Then when we got the motor home, we were coming and I remember we barely cleared through some electric wires in right, a little right, town near right. her. Woodstock is where that, oh, that movie. What was Groundhog that movie? Day. Groundhog Day. Yeah. And it's the, just a beautiful, beautiful little quaint town there. And she's just outside of that. And then a couple of years later, we went back for a festival that they have at Soulful Prairie yeah, in it's September. A, a fundraiser. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful fundraiser and music festival. And so we went back there and we had the big diesel rig. And Linda had a place for us to park it on the side of our barn. So you pulled up. And got stuck. And got stuck. <laughs> <laughs> We're Colorado and Arizona by nature. Dane was raised in Virginia, but he's been out here west for a long time. And when it rains, the water goes into the ground and the ground hardens again. But apparently a whole lot of the country, that's not reality. So she had had a lot of rain and it made thick, thick, thick mud. Yeah. I mean, yeah. way thick mud. So I should have known better. We got in there and tore, tore that grass up trying to get I've got a very funny video of you getting that rig out of there Melinda was so good-natured about it she says we're gonna be fine (laughs) okay just get your rig out of there it was good we had a great time at that music festival and so we traveled with between those two motorhomes I was thinking this morning we did that for seven years wow really a long time and and so grateful that we saw so much of America, so many beautiful farms and facilities and ranches from, you know, Montana to Florida to just all over the place. And really grateful that so many people welcomed us. And even though <laughs> there were times in which it was kind of shady to have us there. And I think it ended, which I thought was kind of interesting for us too, is that it ended We went to our facility in Arizona, which is a large boarding ranch. I've talked about it a little bit. I do own that with my husband. My ex-husband and I both own that facility. And he's not a horseman at all. For him, it's a business investment. And we have, I think, 75, 80 horses usually boarded there. And yay, shout out to our manager, Audrey, who does an incredible job of managing it for us. But we got down there. It hadn't rained in half of forever. And it rained three weeks straight. Yeah, and it was, it was crazy. Yeah. rained and it was cold. cold. Yeah. yeah, we have a covered arena down there. It's a beautiful facility and it rained my trainings out so bad I had to do them up in our house. And so I was pretty disgruntled about it. But on top of that, I think it was sort of magic. You and I, we weren't unhappy with the motorhomes, but we both sort of said, I'm over it. Yeah, we just said, it's done. Yeah, done. yeah. yeah. it was just interesting how... 
there was very little discussion. We both sort of just looked at each other and not unhappily just sort of said, this has been great and I don't want to do it anymore. But it was also great <laughs> traveling by RV during the pandemic. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Felt a lot safer and we were real careful with the gas stations and stuff, but we could really monitor everything. And for the little bit of traveling we did during the pandemic, absolutely. That felt good. So we we're grateful we had it for sure. And and then we were done. And the happy ending to this whole saga really is that because the market at the tail end of the pandemic, the market for motorhomes was so strong and so high because people were looking for a safe way to travel. We sold it to a man out of California, sold it all cash for what we paid for it after we put 28,000 or 30,000 miles on it yeah. and just really actually had three people that wanted to buy it the first day we had it on the market. So felt very fortunate to have that experience for that. So those were some of our travels, some of the crazy things that we've done and some of the fun stuff we've had going to these different horse ranches. Right. So one of the things that I remember whenever we would do a lot of these, you know, different occasions, we'd set up the booth and mm -hmm. you would speak. Uh, people would just come by the booth just randomly and say, you know, I really enjoy your wisdom messages, which is a, oh, yeah, which is a message yeah. that's, that's posted yeah. by you. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, so I started those, oh gosh, before I met you, before my deck or anything, I wrote these messages from the heart of a fictional horse named Wisdom. And I wanted to have some joy out into the world. I wanted to have something uplifting and happy and that would land in people's email and be one or two sentences long. They're not long. They're accompanied either by the incredibly beautiful art of my friend, Jan Taylor, that was the artist of my deck of cards, uh, Wisdom from a Horse's Heart, or the incredible photography from my photographer, Kimberly Beer at Midnight Productions. She's an amazing equine photographer. And so it gave me this companion with either the drawings or her photography and these messages, and it grew like wildfire. They are free. If you're interested in a wisdom message, you can go to touchbyhorse.com, enroll for a wisdom message, or write to my office, office at touchbyhorse.com. They're free. They land in your email every day. They're really quick. And they're right as if a horse was speaking to you from their heart, from the deepest part and the deepest part of wisdom in the horse. So yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. But it seems as if they sort of hit yeah. the mark yeah. with a lot of people on kind a daily basis. Magically. Yeah, yeah. somehow. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Magically, for sure. We saw a dear, dear friend of mine yesterday, and we've been friends for uh, Donna. We've been friends for 40 years. And her daughter, Kaylee, when she was, she's now a beautiful adult woman and a mom herself. But we were laughing because... She was probably about two and a half, maybe three years old. And those automatic flushing toilets in airports showed up. And Donna's helping her pull her diaper back up and her little pants back up. And she said, oh, automagically, <laughs> flushed automatically. <laughs> I always love that, that word for sure. We want to thank our sponsors, Hope Through Horses, for all of their support in these podcasts and all of the support to our program. It is a nonprofit. You can find out a lot about hopethroughhorses.com if you're 
interested in supporting people being trained in the work that I do or people that need the work that I do, et cetera, if you're looking for a graduate of our program to work with, you can contact our office at touchedbyahorse.com. Tell us what you're looking for. We will tell you who is geographically closest or who might have a niche or specialty in what you're looking for. I actually make those matchups kind of like eHarmony, placing you with the perfect graduate to do your personal work. So we also have an area on our website where you can find a practitioner that way as well on your own online. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for doing this with me today, babe. Yeah, thank you. Kind of fun to remember all All, the reasons. All the fun, all all the fun. And all the reasons why we don't have a motorhome today. Okay, thanks everybody. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Touched by a Horse podcast. If you'd like more information about anything we've talked about on the show today or our certification program, please visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com. That's touchedbyahorse.com. Or contact our office by phone at 303-440-7125. Also, be sure to keep up with us on social media. We're at Touched by a Horse on both Facebook and Instagram. See you around the barn and on the next episode.